Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Just a quick reminder today, at 4, we're going to be breaking away for a press conference with... Governor Tom Wolf and Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine. That'll be at 4 p.m. today. And uh, as you saw on our story on WKOK.com, um, looks like we're going to have some major announcements coming from the governor. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. So that's going to be at 4 o'clock today on WKOK, WKOK.com, and the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. And then as soon as that press conference is over, we'll turn things back over here to the Steve Jones Show until we get to 5 o'clock. So that's what's coming up today. Tomorrow's show should be a lot of fun. On another Football Friday, Brewers Outlet Friday, we got Brad Nessler from CBS returning to the show. He'll be on the call with Gary Danielson and on the uh, Army-Navy game, which is a much different vibe this year because of the pandemic. The game is at West Point this year for the first time in since like 1932 or something like that. It's going to be a pretty historic day up there. So we'll get his fresh perspective from him and the rest of college football and what he's seen. So that'll be at 4.06 tomorrow. And then, of course, to end the week, as always, the King is back with picks. And what's been interesting today is more and more teams seem to be pulling out from bowl season, which is not surprising. And a couple more games have already gotten postponed for this week. You look at the New Year's Six Bowls, that's still all set to go. Um, It's just some of the other bowl games. Let's see, how many? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games so far have been canceled. Bahamas, Fenway, Hawaii, Holiday, Las Vegas, L.A., Redbox, Pinstripe, Quick Lane, Sun Bowl. So it's going to be a diminished group this year. And just looking at some of these bull projections as of right now. This is from Brett McMurphy on Stadium. We found in the show before, and I don't see Penn State listed. But for the New Year's Six, we've got for the Orange Bowl... 
Miami and Texas A&M. The Fiesta Bowl right now is USC, Indiana. The Peach Bowl is Georgia and Cincinnati. And then the Cotton Bowl is Iowa State and Florida. Then, of course, the college football playoff, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. That's the 1-4-2-3 matchup projected. But Notre Dame and Clemson, of course, can flip-flop if Notre Dame wins the ACC championship game, which is next week. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. But kind of getting back to the conversation that we had yesterday in terms of where Ohio State stands in all this. I mean, first of all, it's not surprising that you're seeing teams pull out of these bowl games because you've been thinking about it. And Boston College was the latest school to declare that they're not going to be in a bowl game this year. Boston College, yeah. Uh, you know what? Can you blame them? No. I don't blame them. I mean, the coach just said in the team meeting, uh, I mean, the guys are done. They're emotionally done. They've been they've been away from home. I haven't seen anybody since June. I mean, I, I don't blame them at all. Well, let's let's – but it does go a little bit further with them. And the reason it goes further with them is as follows – uh, their season actually is done right now. And because their season is done right now, they still would have to wait, what's today, the uh, 10th? So they have to wait 10 more days to find out where they're going. Okay. And then, you know, of course, which means they would have to keep practicing. And there isn't, uh, you know, in other words, uh, now the Big Ten's a little different. It's not different in terms of, you mean I can't be at Christmas with my family, but at least the gap between the end of the regular season and the um, and the bowl game would be very would be a lot less. I mean, there are actually some bowl games, for example, uh, there's a bowl game on the 26th which is the Saturday after Christmas. And the um, uh, in fact, Stuart Mandel had Penn State in that game. Well, that's only a week after the that cross that whatever. We think it's a crossover game. We don't know what that guy does. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows. I'll get to that in a second. But the... Um, I, I, I find it very interesting. Um, but the gap for them, because their season's over. The BC season's over. They'd have to wait before they even found out where they were going. And they'd have to stay there and keep practicing. They'd still, you'd still have to stay in the bubble. It's not as if he can, they can sit there and they can say, oh, hey, great news. Um, uh, you can go home and come back. Can't do it. Can't do it. So, I understand completely what's going on with that, and you, obviously you do too. So, I think most anybody would. But that's what they decided to do. Uh, we have an exciting show on tap for today. We have the governor on. All right, that's all the promo I'm doing there. <laughs> I mean, I don't want. I mean, I don't understand why. Why doesn't the governor ever like interrupt Lawrence's show? 
Good question. Is that the kind of power he wields? I guess it's uh, too early for him. Well, you know my attitude about it. All right, fine. <laughs> okay, that's what he wants. Good. You notice he's not interrupting Santa. You notice that? That is true. Ah, uh, yeah. He's not interrupting Santa, baby. No way. Can't have that. Oh, S. Claus, big fan. Oh, my goodness. Last, last night when they uh, came time to sit on Santa's lap and S. Claus threw a suit light out. Like, like <laughs> ages four to eight. I'm a kid. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, tomorrow, Brad Nessler's on the show. We also have Dave Refson tomorrow. Huh? Kind of a heavyweight show tomorrow. Boom. Shaka Laka. We have Reginald Walker today. We have Frank Bodani today. And we have the health secretary today. I mean, I don't know if the governor's going to be at this thing or not, unless it's on Zoom, I guess, right? Yeah, my guess is he'll be Zoom from his home. Okay. All right. So then we get the governor. Because, as you know, he has tested positive, although I guess the first lady tested negative. Correct. And he's asymptomatic, so he's doing good so far. Okay. Good. So we'll hear about that. Uh, it's a great to have you with us on the show today. So Frank Bodani, we'll talk with him about Penn State football. He got Michigan State Saturday. Uh, now you're not going to be able to hear the um, um, the coaches' show tonight because we'll have Santa on, correct? That is correct. All right. So I'll we'll play back part of what James and I talk about uh, tomorrow on the show. We'll do that. I know we have to have the King tomorrow at four thirty-five. So in the first half hour, we'll put James on, uh, and then from that point, we will then start bringing in other people. Phillies are very close, by the way, to hiring Dave Dombrowski to be the president of baseball operations. Uh, this is, if you're talking about, all right, everybody, we're going to go with the pros pro to run the operation. Dave Dombrowski falls into the category of the pros pro. General manager of the Red Sox when they won in 2018. He built that team, did a great job with it. He also did a great job with the Detroit Tigers, was with the Marlins at another point. Uh, he has been actively involved in Nashville's bid to get um, uh, an expansion team. Well, now it looks like he's on the verge of getting the Phillies job to be the club president. As I mentioned, this is a pro's pro. I think that... I know Matt's a big Yankee fan. So Dave Dombrowski, in, in being the GM of the Red Sox, for one world championship which is as many as the Yankees have won in this century. <laughs> I see what you did there. 
No, it's a good move for the Phillies. That's a really good. I think it's a. I think it's a pros pro move for the Phillies. Yeah, pros pro. But wasn't that fun having wheels on the other day? Oh, it was tremendous. That, I mean, that was a blast having wheels on. Yeah. Talked a little Penn State, a lot about Dick Allen, a little bit about the Phillies, a little bit about our profession. No, I had a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. In fact, you know, there. You know, I realized that um, it won't be as enthralling as our 406 guest today. Come on, follow along, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what time's the gov on today? Four. Exactly at four. Four oh six. He's always late. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's always late. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I I hear you fill all the time. And the governor will be on coming uh, coming out shortly. And uh, the governor's going to be talking about the COVID situation. He'll be coming out shortly. And the governor will be talking about the <laughs> And he'll be coming out. It's, it's just a few moments. Will it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, it sounds cruel on my part, but what the heck. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. This year, don't just cope with winter. Command it. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. season, Sunbury Motors Kia has the deals on the new lineup of cars and SUVs built to help you take on winter during Kia's holiday sales event. Sunbury Motors Kia has the 2021 Kia Sportage with rebates and discounts up to $45.58 off. There's 29 in stock. There's 13 of the 2021 Kia Forte available. The Forte gets 41 MPG and starts at $18,497. Plus, SMC has the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serenum arriving weekly. 14 or do this month and next. Remember, Every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. It's the Command the Season sales event at Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Restrictions apply. Financing through KMF. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See dealer for details or go to Kia.com. We should have played back the part where this one really big kid came in last time. I was complaining about his father. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that was edited out before it went on the podcast. Uh, it's like, uh, does he work here? Yes, he does. <laughs> he has a back corner office. Great. All right. Uh, great question about the uh, about Brian McCann signing with the Mets because the Mets have been looking for catching help. Which is ironic because the Mets had Travis Darno at one point. Okay, so the Phillies, but <laughs> but uh, so what does that mean for JT Real Muto? If you're signing Brian McCann, I think you're now taking yourself off the catching market. That's what I think. So, and I think when it comes to JT Real Muto, this is where Dave Dombrowski comes in. If Dave Dombrowski is going to come in as the president of the Phillies. He's going to be the decision maker on things like this. And if he's willing to spend some money, 
and the Phillies will have some money to spend, then it increases the odds that Rio Milto can come back. Now, let me give you a wild card in this because it hasn't been rumored anywhere. But if I'm the Yankees, I'm signing him. Totally because, agree. Because I mean, Gary Sanchez stinks. Can hit. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was too De- easy. Defensively, he struggles. No question. Offensively, he has tremendous power, but not the consistency. Guy like Real Muto now, you know, because remember, the, as we all know, the Yankees were not in the World Series. Not that they didn't, you know, they lost the World Series. No, they weren't in it. Uh, and so they've got to do something, uh, a couple things to get themselves back in it and make a move of significance. And they're not shy about spending money. They don't care how much money they lost last year. That's why you always, in a situation like this, you always have to worry about them. Because they're willing to dole out cash to do it. But I would say McCann signing with the Mets, I would be really surprised if Rio Milito's then signed with the Mets. Even though I know JT can play first base and the whole deal, but the Mets have people. Uh, I think that the McCann signing is one that may make Philly fans feel a little easier. You see the Phillies announced, uh, everybody Everybody announced yesterday their affiliates. Lehigh Valley and Redding are both staying. Um, Altoona staying with the Pirates. Erie staying with the Detroit Tigers. Grant Wilkesbury staying with the Yankees. Harrisburg is staying with the Nationals. Obviously, State College and Williamsport are both going to be in the draft league, the MLB draft league along with Mahoning Valley, West Virginia, Trenton. And interesting, ESPN, when they were writing the story yesterday, ESPN said that 16 might be the might be the Frederick Keys in Maryland. Aberdeen stayed with Baltimore. Staten Island's out. Brooklyn's with the Mets. Hudson Valley's with the Yankees. But seven of the teams were left holding the bag, including Lowell. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a great service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, governor will address, or is it a press conference and address, an update at 4 o'clock today, which we'll carry? It is a I I ca- virtual press conference at 4 o'clock virtual with press Dr. Conference. Levine. With Dr. Levine. So we'll get an update as to what's going on and what their thought process is right now. And Frank Bodani in the final half hour. Tomorrow, Dave Revson from BTN and Brad Nessler from CBS, along with, by the way, the King. And yes, uh, we will re air James Franklin. I'll be talking with him tonight. So we'll do that in tomorrow's show.
But let's uh, talk uh, a little football right now. We'll bring in Reginald Walker from Charlotte, who uh, is the color analyst for Gardner Webb, analyst for 49er football and, uh, uh, and basketball down there. Reginald, welcome back. It is uh, great to have you with us back on the show. It's good to be on, Steve. Two things I gotta I gotta get in there to that point because as soon as you started talking about Bobby Moore, I knew where it was going. I knew the Ahmad Rashad comparisons in the Oregon thing. Yeah, uh, he definitely his ex-wife Felicia Rashad. Shout out to her. Um, and then secondly, big win for Penn State basketball. Yeah, the only thing that would have been better, and some people may not get this reference, is if we had had an analyst saying to you. Stevie Jones, they get the win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I get the reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, yeah, it was a big one uh, the other night at Virginia Tech. Played really well. And I have to ask you about this. Since you're down there, uh, John McClain put out a tweet, uh, a quote from Joe Brady about, look, I, you know, it would be, I guess, essentially disrespect to my team to, to be talking about jobs that are available right now. Uh, look, he's he is how many games in? 11, 12 games in, 12 games in as a coordinator in the National Football League uh, at, at this point. Are you surprised he's getting buzz as a young guy, or what did you think about that? I, I think he's getting buzz, and I think sometimes, and I've always said this, we have to be careful um, sometimes as administrators or at the college level or as GMs at the NFL level. Um, and ignoring uh, things that are right in our face. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Brady was unbelievable with Joe Burrow at LSU. They no, were unbelievable. No doubt. But if, they, if an NFL GM or a college athletic director is looking at the way he's handling play calling in the National Football League, and I'll say it, his inability at times to realize that running the football is your friend, uh, they will realize that he may need some more time in the National Football League to really understand that aspect of it, to to understand how to handle the football team when, uh, quite frankly, you don't have superior talent at every spot. Right. That LSU football team had superior talent at every single spot, whether you're talking about uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Marshall, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Moss. I mean, you can go down the list with those guys. And, and remember, this is an offensive line that I believe lost three starters from that national championship team. And Austin Deculus, the right tackle, who was great last year, looks like a turnstile right now at LSU. So when you go back and look at what Joe Brady's doing with what I would call closer to comparable talent to competition, uh, he has not done, in my opinion, as well. And so I think, to me, I would pump the brakes on turning him into a head coach right now. I mean, somebody asked him, so we had to give an answer. So I, I understand that, but it's, I thought that was an interesting analysis on your part as to as to where he is right now. I mean, but how well has he done with with Teddy Bridgewater, for example? I think he's done a a solid job with Teddy. I think um, I think there are times where he puts Teddy in unfair situations. Uh, one of the most obvious, the end of the Minnesota game. Uh, there was a lot of conversation about Teddy missing a couple of throws in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, my argument is, why is Teddy even throwing the football in the fourth quarter when you have a two-score lead with less than eight minutes to go in the game? You cannot, and I'll repeat this, and you heard me say this last week, you cannot, with a two-score lead, come out and throw the ball nine straight times. That's unacceptable in the National Football League. Right. 
Um, and so uh, from that standpoint, but I, I, now with that being said, I also think that they spend probably a little bit too much time, and maybe this is on Teddy and maybe this is on Joe Brady, trying to get the perfect play all the time. Teddy does a lot of checking at the line. And, and sometimes you got to get up there and realize, you know what, we got a running play, and it may only get us two yards, but I don't need to check to a, a pass that's, that doesn't look good for us numbers-wise either. And then we end up in second and 12, you know, or second and long when we could have picked up a couple of yards and got ourselves to second and seven. What is the difference in a Carolina Panther offense when Christian McCaffrey's out there and Joe Brady's calling the plays versus when he's not out there? Because he has had, obviously, ins and outs this year based on injuries. The scary part I'll say is, it, the, the sad part is it doesn't look like there is much. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is this. Um, when Christian has not been there, after the first the first couple of games Christian missed, you could see a difference. They were handing the football right. to Mike Davis and really trying to pound the football and, and, and run their offense through that and make it easy in the passing game. Then after a while, they decided that Mike Davis needs to be a receiving back like they use Christian McCaffrey. And to me, those two guys are not one and the same. McCaffrey is great in, great in space. I'm not saying Mike Davis isn't good in space but he's better running the football, particularly between the tackles, pounding on a defense for three and a half quarters. And then the fourth quarter, whether it's him, McCaffrey, or some of the other guys that they have, they can really close out a game because they've worn down a defense. All right, so I want to get to Penn State now for a moment. The conditions on, on Saturday with the wind, and you know as a former player, when you're out there, I mean, we've felt for years, yeah, it can rain, not good. It can snow, all right. But we've always felt wind is a big determining factor. You saw how Penn State ran the ball, how they played defense. I mean, what kind of plan was that based on the conditions? I, I think it had a lot to do with the conditions, and I, and I think that that's a great adjustment by the coaching staff. Um, sometimes you got to see that ahead of time. Sometimes it hits you in the face two days before the game or on game day, uh, and that's the hardest part. And as you know, now granted, uh, this game obviously uh, in Piscataway, but – um, you know, for, for if, if any time you've ever, you know, done a game or been at Penn State, you could find out two hours before the game that the wind is not going to be good for you. <laughs> um, and so you have to adjust. Uh, what's the old saying? If you don't like the weather in State College, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's the same concept. So I, I do like that they were prepared um, to, to lean on this offensive line and allow them to, to run the football and control the line of scrimmage and, and against Rutgers, to be honest, and I think they're going in the right direction with Greg Schiano. Mm -hmm. Against yeah. Rutgers right now, you better be able to do that. And I think that showing that that was a, a positive and, and part of the arsenal for Penn State was very, very important. Um, but I think, but to your point, you run the ball in that situation and you put your defense in, in situation. I say this all the time and I, you know, I had Charlotte last week. It was, they played on a Sunday, ironically. And I made the statement during the game, uh, there was a missed throw in the game, and I said, listen, at the end of the day, as a quarterback, he, he threw it out of bounds, and I'm okay with that because all good drives end in a kick. And you have to really right. understand that when you have adverse weather conditions. And so I thought Penn State did a really good job of just making sure we're going to try to minimize – and Clifford did have an interception – but we're going to try to minimize the turnovers. We're going to try to minimize mistakes – and really play good defense and run the football, much like the old Joe Paterno teams. It looks different running it, but the same concept applies, and force the other team to get greedy and make mistakes. 
and that's what they did. Yeah, I've, uh, we've talked about this many times. You, you know, you if you mm, say throw thirty-five times, say run twenty, let's pick that. People say see the play calling as okay. That's not balanced. Except if the twenty times you run it, say you're averaging five or six yards a carry somewhere in there. Now you've had the threat of it. I mean, you know. I mean, you played the position. Just the mere threat of a running game, and or you know, or the threat of a pass game. What does it do for each element of the offense when there is a legit threat out there, one way or the other? Well, what it does is it gives you numbers automatically yeah. because you're freezing some part of the defense, right? And and when you can make a defense not move their feet for a half second, you have won. And one of the references I always use to really understanding the importance of how both parts of the system work well together, I go back to Ja'Cory Harris when he was a yeah. junior at Miami. Yeah. Mark Whipple became the offensive coordinator. They went, I believe it was uh, like 54% or 55% of the time on first downs they went play-action pass, mm-hmm. which meant you didn't know if they were running or throwing on first down, right. but it was always a run look. Ja'Cory Harris went from something like 57% right. completions to 69 completions, I believe it was, right. on that down in general from the previous season. So that tells you right there how much easier it is because that linebacker steps up. Now you've got the over routes or that safety has spun down in the box, and now you can attack deeper against three-deep coverage or against man-free coverage because it's not a two-shell. So there's so many holes that it opens because I think people forget all you need is one linebacker taking a read step or a free step towards the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden you've got five more yards of a window behind his head or between him and the next linebacker in a zone as well. So very important to use play-action passing and use the running game to set up the play-action pass to make it easier. And it also simplifies reads for your quarterback. You have to have the legitimate threat to do it, though. You can play-action all you want. If there's no, if this defense is sitting there saying, all right, we, you know, we can stop your running game. You can play-action all you want. <laughs> Sit back and play pass. It's just That's right. the fact that you can do it, the, the, the threat of it, so important along the way. Uh, I've got to ask you about, about this one because um, obviously you follow the NFL so deeply. Uh, the Cowboys have not had a great year. Now their legends are laying into the leadership. Troy Aikman, DeMarcus Ware are pointing criticism at the team and their, and their leadership. Uh, what are your thoughts when people, uh, are, as former players, people that people respect, start doing, doing that with an organization? It usually makes me wonder, and, and I mentioned some of this last week when we talked, right, yeah. in terms of with James and how I've talked to the staff and said I'd like to see more creativity uh, in the running game. Now, that's something I've never hid from. I'll say it to them, and I've said it publicly. Mm-hmm. But what I think is important about that is I wonder if these guys have had – because a, a guy like Marcus Spears, who I know personally – He's got access to Jerry Jones if he needs to. Marcus lives in Dallas. Troy lives in Dallas. So it makes me wonder if they've had these conversations directly with Jerry, Jerry Jones, that is, and the leadership or not. To me, if you have not said these things to people that have enough uh, information and influence to at least take it directly to the people that can change it, I don't think you should be saying anything. 
Uh, in my particular situation, I was at an event and there was, we were with coaches and one of the coaches said, hey, what would you like to see us do differently? What do you think that we can do better? What do you think that we can add to this program? That's when I imparted my thoughts. Right, because you, um, so you were asked. That's exactly right. So I wonder, you know, to, to a guy, for a guy like Marcus Spears and a guy like Troy Aikman, how much they have said to Jerry, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't think Marcus Spears can call Jerry on a cell phone or shoot him a text, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's had that conversation with Jerry. And if he has, and it's fallen on deaf ears, then I'm fine with everything he's saying. If he hasn't brought it up or any of those guys, and I'm not trying to criticize, but I think if they haven't brought it up to Jerry, right. I think they should do that first before they go public with it. Reginald, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Anytime, Steve, and I appreciate you. And uh, I, I got no issue with the the uh, the pink and black unis for the Nittany Lions. The twelve and the twelve and zero in the regular season with those things. <laughs> they, they, keep wearing them. Let's go to the final. Four. How about that? There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Take uh, care, Reginald Walker. Probably hear from him next week as well. Great to have him on the show. That Stevie J thing was that's Bill Raftery. Stevie Jones, don't you like the round ball better than the oblong ball? Of course it was him. Onions! Yeah. It's all onions! That's my favorite call. That's, it's either Stevie Jones or Stevie J. Stevie J! <laughs> so, Penn State and Michigan State will kick off at noon on Saturday. The kickoff has been moved. ABC is going to carry it. So, with. Uh, Michigan and Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State not playing. The Penn State, Michigan State game, which had been a three thirty kickoff, will now kick off at noon, which means we'll be on the air beginning at ten thirty. All right. Look at you scrambling! I hear you scrambling right now. Listen to you. Uh, I already told uh, the people I already need to know. Oh, I'll bet that was met with joy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to work. What do you mean? (laughs) Well, that's not not me, so it's whatever. Now somebody has to put in a little extra work, and we all know how people react to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WQ.